Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Supervisor Catherine Stephanie. She just made national news with her resolution calling the NRA a domestic terrorist organization and promptly got the city sued over the matter. She's here today to talk about how the death of a little boy in a bouncy house at the Gilroy Garlic Festival prompted the idea and how she's responding to critics who say she should be focused on the real issues, like filling potholes and addressing homelessness. I'll be right back with Supervisor Stephanie. Well, Supervisor Stephanie, thank you for coming today. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. You certainly made a big national splash with your resolution calling the National Rifle Association a, quote, domestic terrorist organization. Walk me through how and uh, when you first got that idea. It was after the Gilroy Garlic Festival shooting, and I was just completely destroyed yet again over a shooting in this country, and I couldn't get the image of that little boy, that six-year-old boy, Stephen Romero, out of my mind, knowing that he was in a bouncy house, like, Mm -hmm. I have two kids, um... And I came back to my staff and I just, I'm so frustrated. You know, I feel sometimes at the local level, it's really hard to do something. And I said, there's such a domestic terrorist organization. Those words came out of my Hmm. mouth. And we ended up looking up the definition and we thought that they met it. And then the resolution practically wrote itself. Hmm. Why did you think that they met those words that they're very, you know, people are really reacting to them in a visceral way? Right. I mean, I think a lot of their members think that I called them terrorists, which was not the intention at all. It's really the leadership and what the NRA has become. You know, they have indirectly or directly enabled a level of violence in this country that is taking lives on a daily basis. At least 100 people are killed by gun violence every day. There's 36,000 deaths in this country a year because of gun violence. And the NRA has done more to make that a reality than any other organization. They stand in the way of common sense um, gun violence reform. They continue to promote bad gun laws. And they really um, stand for profits and not people. And I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. Why did you think this was something for a city supervisor to do rather than um, legislators at the state or national level? Well, I think, you know, obviously gun violence prevention is something that I've been working on for years now. It's something that is wreaking havoc on this country, on our children, doing lockdown drills, preparing for the next mass shooter. That happens to children in my district, and I feel like I need to act on the local level to do something about it. And I've always learned, too, um, it's not just about legislation. Um, When you are an elected official, it's really about advocacy And you can change um, people's hearts and minds, not just through legislation, but through um, advocacy and words. Words matter. And I think it's about time that they are called out for what they truly are. And the public knows exactly what the leadership of the NRA has become, which is a gun lobbying um, organization. They care only about gun manufacturers, and it's not about their members or the American people. Mm -hmm. Before becoming supervisor, you were the president of the San Francisco chapter of Moms Demand Action. Uh, Why did gun control initially become such a big issue for you? Was there something that happened personally, or did it just capture your attention because of all of these shootings that we hear in the national press? Actually, in 1999, when Columbine happened, I was a lawyer in the East Bay, and that, for me, had was my first um, time when I thought I have to do something. You know, I can't get the image of the you know, high schooler that was pulled from the second floor of the library, um, completely bloodied and watching all the children come out. And I just thought, 
something needs to be done. I started looking into um, what the laws were. I started to realize that the NRA had a grip on this country that um, people were somewhat blind to. I joined the Brady campaign. Uh, I tried to advocate through them for quite some time. After the Aurora shooting in 2012, that that blew me away as well. And I did um, pro bono legal work for the Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence. It's now the Giffords Law Center. And then after Sandy Hook, I joined Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, one of the first members, and have been advocating um, through that grassroots organization since. Mm -hmm. We've talked before, but if you can repeat on this podcast, there's that idea that goes around after a mass shooting that the gun control was lost after Sandy Hook and that if people were okay with first graders being killed, then... There's nothing that's ever going to change. But you don't believe that? No, I do not believe that at all. And people are not okay with it. The NRA is okay with it, but people are not okay with it. Well, it didn't prompt any change. Right. Well, not at, not at the um, federal level, not at Congress for sure, except now that we do have a House bill. The House of Representatives, ha- they have passed H.R. 8, so there has been change. But since Sandy Hook, and I think that what a lot um, doesn't get covered is that we, have, we now have a powerful uh, grassroots organization going toe-to-toe with the NRA, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, and Every Town for Gun Safety, working side-by-side with others like Giffords Law Center and Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence. We are we are outspending them. We outspent them in 2018 oh, really? midterm elections. Yes, we did. And what, what you don't see is all the wins in the state houses across this country. Moms Demand Action is, we have a 92% success rate at beating back their bad bills that they try to get passed in state legislatures across the, con- legislatures across the country, like permitless carry, guns in K-12 through schools, guns in universities. So we, we are winning. It's just it doesn't get publicized mm-hmm. as much. So I know that you've been getting a ton of response to this latest effort. Um, can you talk about the media calls that have come in and from where? Yes, I've spoken to the New York Times, the Washington Post, I believe CNN has called, um, and then, of course, our local news outlets mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And what are you hearing from constituents? I'm getting a lot of um, positive reinforcement and um, from constituents. There are some that are upset and think that I've you know, called them if they are a member of the NRA. And I actually don't know if anyone's actually reached out and told me that they are members of the NRA um, in in District 2. But, you know, some people viewed it as an attack on them, and that was not my intention Are at you all. talking about only the leadership of the yeah. organization? Yes. Um, I thought I would read some comments online that I've seen, which okay. are not nice. Online comments rarely are. <laughs> stupid is as stupid does. More on the insanity coming from the extreme left-winger SF supervisors. This is an attempt to deflect from their failures to clean up streets, stop crime, stop the ridiculous publicity stunts, start solving real problems. Another one, this symbolic and stupid move by the SF board is just antagonistic in picking a fight when they'd be better off working to lessen homelessness and drug dependency. Simply dumb. It's classic short-sighted attention-grabbing tactics at its worst. Those were just a few that I found. Uh, How do you respond to people like that? Well... Really, you don't. (laughs) But, you know, first of all, this idea that I I can only concentrate on one thing at a time is just, I I don't understand that. I've always been able to do many things. Moms are good multitaskers. We are. And because I write a resolution in 20 minutes on uh, the NRA, 
something I've been working on for 20 years does not mean that I haven't been able to focus on homelessness in my district or that I'm um, a public safety advocate. I mean, if you look at my votes at the Board of Supervisors, I mean, sometimes I I frustrate my fellow supervisors um, on some of my votes for public safety. But, you know, I I know what's in my heart. I know how hard I work. I know that I'm working on solutions every day and working, you know, not just on policy solutions about what's going on in District 2 on the homeless, but I'm out there on the street with our homeless outreach officers trying to make um, connections with those living on the street myself, trying to get them into services. So I, I know what I'm doing, and I'm confident that I am serving my constituents well and to the best of my ability. It's something that means a great deal to me. I've been in this job you know, I've I, I've been doing working District Two for twelve years now. You know, mm-hmm. or even before that, as a neighborhood volunteer and then as a legislative aide for nine years. This work means a great deal to me, and I I will continue to press for solutions to the problems that are complained about on a daily basis, which is the homelessness crisis and public safety. Did it really just take you twenty minutes? It didn't take long at all to write uh-huh. that resolution. You know, I, I know so much. We looked up the definition. You know, I, I have stats, you know, at the top of my head about the gun violence epidemic in this country. And it did not take long at all between my staff and I to write that resolution. And all the attention hasn't taken away your time and, you know, brain energy on working on all of these other issues that face San Francisco? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't consider myself so limited like that. I, I really do feel that I can concentrate on many things at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and, you know, just yesterday I was walking the street with Officer Hom, um, our footbeat officer on Union Street, and we were in the Union Street corridor for an hour and a half before I went to the Transportation Authority meeting at the board. And we were working on making contact with homeless individuals on the street. We only encountered one, and we were actually able to make contact with him. I got his name. I'm now working on solutions for him, trying to get him into housing. So, no, I have not been able – it has not deterred me or it has not prevented me from doing my job in any way, shape, or form. And I actually do consider – shining light on the NRA, part of my job Mm -hmm. as an elected official, because if I want to keep people in my district safe, if I want to keep people in the city and county of San Francisco safe, I absolutely need to do everything I can to take down the organization that stands in the way of common sense gun reform in this country. And you do see this as a local issue. Other critics have said um, it's not up to a city supervisor to take this on. Absolutely, I see this as a local issue. You know, you think back to the UPS shooting where we lost uh, lives on, you know, in San Francisco. I mean, I can't reinforce enough the uh, traumatizing nature of lockdown drills for Mm -hmm. our children that are hiding in closets preparing for the next mass shooters. I've heard of kids having panic attacks, and that is all a direct correlation to what is happening in this country, mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting. And who stands in the way of reform? The NRA. Mm -hmm. So it is a local issue. And you know what? No one ever thinks it's going to happen to them. No community ever thinks it's going to come to their community until it does. Do you think anyone at the Gilroy Garlic Festival thought that they were going to be encounter you know, someone with a rifle spraying bullets into a bouncy house? Do you think that crossed their mind? No, not until it does. Mm-hmm. So it is a local issue. It's a state issue, and it's a federal issue. And they need to act on the federal level to protect us all. And the only, pers- the only organization truly standing in the way of that is the NRA. 
And the resolution isn't just a policy statement calling it a domestic ter- terrorist organization. It also directs the city to take every reasonable step to ensure vendors and contractors that San Francisco does business with don't do business with the NRA. Um, how do you even begin to suss that out in terms of you know the web of who all of your contractors do business with? Or is that just more of a statement rather than something that will actually be done? Well, this it, this is a resolution that is non-binding, and the language said we should take necessary steps. How we do that is a question of resources. And also, you know, like this is a non-binding resolution that basically makes a statement of what the NRA is and what it's done, what it's doing to our country, and what, should we, what we should do going forward. You know, the LA City Council actually passed an ordinance that actually gives L.A. City Council the power to um, block people from doing business with the NRA. This this does not yet do that. It's, you know, we know that there's some issues that need to be worked out before such um, direct action like that can be had. But right now, this is a non-binding resolution that directs the city, um, makes a statement and directs the city um, to, in the future, look at what relationships contractors might have with the NRA, which we have deemed a domestic terrorist organization. And the NRA quickly sued the city of San Francisco, um, calling it a frivolous insult, but also saying that it impinges on their freedom of speech and association. What did you think of that? And were you surprised that it happened so quickly? No, not surprised at all. I mean, I like I said, it's a desperate move by a desperate organization. I'm an attorney, and I honestly do not think that the um, lawsuit has much merit at all. And like I said, it's a non-binding resolution. It does not direct the city or engages uh, engage the city resources in any way to take action to start limiting contractors from doing business with the NRA. So I, I think that, of course, they sued. You know, I'm not surprised at all. And I, I'm so confident in our city attorney's office. And I loved their response to the lawsuit. I, I I, I don't. I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about your physical safety at all? Taking on people who own and promote guns. I, to be honest, sometimes yes. You know, and I, I think about that, and I have to say, it's. I'm not in fear enough that it's going to silence me in any way. I'm in more fear of keeping my mouth shut and not calling attention to what I see is a real threat to all of us. So, um, but I, you know, I, I actually, it, it doesn't scare me too badly, but you know, it just almost goes to prove my point. You know, you try to have a conversation, you try to get reasonable gun violence, um, legislation passed and all of a sudden people that are members of the NRA or people that, you know, say they're going to shoot you for it, you know, it's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what, you know, thanks for proving my point, you know? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about a couple of other city related policies while you're here. Um, there's still no navigation center in District 2. Are you looking for a site? And do you think every supervisor should have one in their district? I think it, it absolutely depends. And I've said I would always welcome a navigation center in District 2 if we found a location that served those that were in need of a navigation center, if it, if it made sense. The uh, director of the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing is not looking for a navigation center in District 2 right now. I know that they're they're looking elsewhere. They have, you know, they're working on the one on the Embarcadero. But it's, it's not something that I'm actively looking at right now. I don't see that as something that will immediately uh, relieve what's going on in District 2. I'm working on other things. But um, like I said, I wouldn't be opposed to a navigation center in District 2 if it made sense. What are the other things you think would do a 
a more effective job of addressing homelessness in District 2? Well, I think that we need absolutely need to have treatment on demand. I'm uh, Supervisor Mandelman and I are hosting uh, holding a hearing um, on treatment on demand. I think we really need to have resources for people who are ready to accept help um, for their addiction. And, you know, right now there's so many hoops and hurdles that people have to go through. And that needs to get fixed. We absolutely need to be able to help someone in crisis when they are ready to get help. And we have seen too many impediments to that. So we are trying to figure that out. I think conservatorship, expanding that law, which we did pass, but I think it could be expanded even more. It has to be done at the state level, then adopted here. But I think that we need to continue to focus on how to get people off the street and how to get them into the services that they need to lead them on a better path for themselves. Mm Um, I've also been writing for a couple of years about the drive to get more women represented in statues and other public art in San Francisco, and you're carrying the water on that issue now. Um, The statue of Maya Angelou in front of the main library is slowly (laughs) moving ahead. Um, Have you selected which women should come next, and is there any progress on that? Well, I have not yet selected which women. I think that we need to develop a process and work with the Arts Commission and work with the Department on the Status of Women to develop that process. Obviously, we need more women represented in in our public art, and um, so we are trying to figure that out and figure out what that process would look like. Right now, we're working on getting the artist selected for the Maya Angelou statue. Mm -hmm. It was just recently at the Arts Commission in August, and I know that they're down to, I believe, two and I'm looking forward to that, and I can't wait to see you there when we actually <laughs> finally open that. It will have taken just about as long to erect that statue as it did to build the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's— City Hall is way too slow. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, you've survived the serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. Okay. Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Oh, La Canasta on Buchanan. Okay. What's your order there? Chicken burrito with everything but sour cream. What's your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Milk. Definitely milk. Okay. Where do you like to go for a stiff drink? Uh, My stiffest drink is really a double espresso from Rose's (laughs) Cafe. No alcohol? Nope. Ever? Not really, no. What was your first concert? Whitney Houston. Where? In Washington, D.C., actually, when I was an intern for my congressman back there between the summer of my junior and high school year. Um, and yeah, my, my summer between my junior and senior year in okay. high school. Got it. Uh, what was the last book you read? Fight Like a Mother by Shannon Watts. <laughs> you even have it right here. Yes. Cool. Um, I'm working with my Chronicle colleague, Peter Hartlob, on designing a new version of the 49-mile scenic drive. What in your district deserves to be on the famous route? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> it goes I don't know. along... The marina right now, but is there anything more south of that that you think is uh, worthy of residents and tourists seeing? Definitely somewhere in the Presidio. It's in the Presidio. Yeah, too. well, I mean, I there's so it. much in the Presidio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything specific, but okay. um, you can get back to me. Yes, definitely, I okay. will. Um, at your training for the New York Marathon, and my question is: Isn't serving on the board of supervisors painful enough? Um, I run to deal with the pain of <laughs> uh, serving on the Board of Supervisors. I, I, running, for me, is part of my uh, mental health, really, honestly. I, I love running. It's something I always do, and it's how I take care of myself. Okay. And lastly, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Well, running and chocolate. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you so much for coming today. It was fun to talk to you. Thanks, Heather. 
Thank you to Supervisor Stephanie for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.